0: Week eight of the Extra Appointment podcast. I'm Matt Tom Marshall. I'm joined again
1: by Ross Williams. And well,
0: Ross, week seven, what a week for us.
1: Yeah, we'll take it. We've been driving for this. We've been driving for this since the start of the season. We knew it was coming. We've had a fair chunk of winners anyway, going through the kind of the first six, seven weeks of the season. But uh, week seven, we hit a stride. I think that's fair to say. We hit our stride. Seven tips Um, between us, six winners. You can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. Um, Yeah, a fair chunk of profit returned from, from us both. Um, so I hope you, these loyal listeners, and I hope you are loyal by now, uh, got on some of these. But yeah, do you want to just run through yours first because yours are particularly impressive. Also,
0: one hundred percent success rate for me. All through my tips landed. I had David and and Evan Ingram to get their get their yards in, and then um, Josh Jacobs and Damian Pierce to get their rushing yards as well. Both and uh, Joku and Pierce and Jacobs both particularly at very nice prices as well. So I am over the moon with that.
1: Ross, your your picks. Yeah, great work on those. Came in quite early, a lot of yours as well. Which is always it was plain sailing. I was very happy. <laughs> it really was. Um, yeah, I had a couple of nice ones myself. Uh, the Browns plus six and a half beating uh, the Baltimore Ravens with the handicap. Uh, that came in at a, uh, quite a nice price for uh, a spread bet. Uh, over 50 and a half. Total match points in Seattle versus Los Angeles Chargers. Spoiler, I might be doing something similar later on in this pod. Um, I had to sweat a little bit on that, but came in relatively early third quarter, so I'm more than happy with that one. Uh, and the New York Giants, a really nice price. Somehow, underdogs against the Jags. I didn't get it at the time. I didn't get it on Sunday. Uh, and the Giants came through the winner. Uh, about 20 to 13, you could have got that, um, which is really, really nice. Um, yeah, the, the cover machines at the Atlanta Falcons finally failed. Otherwise, it would have been it would have been a clean sweep. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow really came out to play on Sunday. And fair enough. You kind of hold your hands up at that one. But yeah, fantastic week from the pair of us. Six from seven plenty of profit week eight it's a London week it's a big week trade deadline week as well lots of things going on um let's go again let's go again right then so for the third and final time this year we have a London game we have a London game it's at Wembley Stadium not Spurs this time around and it's a second home, isn't it? It's a second home for the Jasper Jaguars, their ninth time, I think. Um, coming over to these Shores, uh, you're going to be in attendance, I believe. I'm quite jealous. Boots on the ground, yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, the host of the Denver Broncos, um, which I guess at the start of the season probably seemed like a really, really nice matchup. Um, not so much now, if I'm honest. I don't want to kind of dampen your No, I'm pretty, I'm
0: pretty annoyed by how it's worked out, to be honest. But I take solace there. Good old Danger is doing everything he can for me to watch him play. We're talking eight-hour flight. He's spending four of those hours stretching and doing high knees down the aisle. I mean, what a
1: man. I think for the sake of the podcast, it's better I don't comment on Russell Wilson. <laughs> his, <laughs> his, his current antics, not a huge fan of that. Uh, but yeah, Broncos-Jags is an interesting matchup to two and five teams, which is not ideal, but it means there's a lot to play for, uh, potentially jobs to be played for if you hear the, the talk around a Hackett at the moment. So uh, a big, big clash. And of course, we've got a couple of tips uh, in this game. Um, kind of similar. So I'll let you kick off and I'll just kind of jump on the back of yours. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: I've got um, back in two Jags players together, Travis Etienne over 69 and a half rushing yards. Combined with, I'm going again on Evan Engram over 29 and a half. You can pair both of those together for 13 for five. Really is the Travis Etienne story. James Robertson is out of town. And I mean, Etienne was trending towards that way anyway, being the true bell cow there. And I mean, it's just official now. He's James Robertson is a jet. A very late pick compensation for that trade. But I mean, happy days for Travis Etienne. He has looked amazing last week. Career totals. He had 14 carries. 114 yards and his first NFL touchdown as well plus he scampered in the two-point conversion straight after and he looked on track to score another touchdown as well but he fumbled on the five-yard line but that's not going to dampen his stock at all he is looking like the real deal over these last three weeks he's averaged 90 rushing yards a game and you look at who he's now competing with in that backfield obviously James Robinson was poaching some rushes off him and just snapped in general he he hasn't got that threat anymore the backfield company jermichael hasty a former niner so i at least know him and then snoop connor i mean these are not household names not names in any way but they're not going to be on the field for much playing time at all so i really like etn to get the rushing yards they need so like i say 90 yards over the last three he only needs 69 and a half so yeah happy days for me
1: yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, surprised Evan Ingram's line is as low as it is. Again, uh, really, really surprised on that one. I think it's good value. And yeah, Travis Etienne, uh, I'm also on board. I've got him to score a touchdown. Simple and straightforward as that. Uh, he's plus money still. Uh, to score a touchdown in this game, he's going to get the reps, isn't he? Like, for the reasons you've just said, Robinson's out of town. It's pretty much just him now. Um, fourteen carries last week. Ten carries the previous two weeks. I'd imagine that's going to be nearer 20 this week, uh, if not even a little bit higher than that. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan usually of tipping touchdowns, although I'm doing it twice this week, <laughs> as it happens. Um, but the, it just makes an awful lot of sense. And by the way, literally as we're recording just now, Russell Wilson is starting, by the way. just Just saw that pop
0: through. Just come <laughs> through.
1: So breaking news <laughs> on the podcast. Russell Wilson yes. will start. Uh, doesn't change an awful lot about these tips, though. Um yeah, I don't love to tipping to touchdowns sometimes, but this one just makes too much sense. And you look at the matchup as well. The Broncos because they're two and five, but the defense is good. It's, it's a strong defense, but particularly against the pass. It's a very, very good secondary. I think Doug Peterson's too clever to kind of try and fight fire with fire and let Trevor Lawrence kind of go aerial on them. It doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. They've got to go with the ground. It's their best opportunity to score points because the Broncos just don't give up touchdowns. Yeah, I think it's three all season or something. It doesn't happen. Um, But the only way you can score on them is on the ground. Travis Etienne, it's his time to shine. Travis Etienne, touchdown for me.
0: Exactly. And that plays into why I'm backing Evan Ingram for his, again, low yardage total. I backed him last week for a winner and he, I think, got 50 yards last week. Mm -hmm. Over his last three games, he's had 176 yards. That's 58 yards per game. And exactly what you said there, Denver Broncos secondary is so good. They have conceded, I think, only 750 receiving yards to wide receivers. That's the second fewest in the NFL. And one touchdown all year long to wide receivers. It's just shut down. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, they're going to be struggling. That means Evan Engram, who's been seeing at least seven targets per game over this stretch. He's going to get that volume and he's going to stack up these yards. I mean, it's only 30 yards is what he needs. So, yeah, I think... Easy chance for that. Pairing them both together, I like a lot. And yeah, let's hope for Travis Etienne. I just want to point out as well, search Travis Etienne Duckfoot. I showed it to Ross yesterday. Just type it into Twitter. The way he runs is just so cool. The change of direction that he can get is electric. He's so fast. Yeah, I am excited to watch this man play.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a strange draft pick at the time, wasn't it? They picked him up 25th. I think it was a second or third pick. In the first round a couple of years ago. Seemed just like a bonus pick, really, but they saw the talent. They rode it last year. He was injured all his rookie year. They've really kept the faith in him. And I think, especially with the Robinson move this week, it's the ultimate example. They have a lot of faith in this guy, and I think he'll (laughs) deliver.
0: Right, on to the rest of our tips. And Tennessee Titans at Houston Texans, we chatted about this very briefly beforehand. I mean, this is just going to be about a couple, maybe five minutes of just Derek Henry talk and nothing else. Ross, I'll let you lead
1: off. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, I don't understand this handicap. I, see it, I say it every week about a certain handicap. This is the warning week eight. Titans favoured by Leicester field goal against the Texans. The Texans are 16th in the AFC. The Titans are third by the way, the third in the AFC, just out of nowhere. Um, They just just tend to do that, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Mike Vrabel's got a very good team there, and it's led by Derrick Henry, of course. It is King Henry, as he's known. He absolutely owns the Houston Texans. Um, There's a habit of this in the AFC South. T.Y. Hilton, the former Colts receiver, used to own the Houston Texans, uh, particularly in their own building from a, a receiving perspective. But on the ground, it's very much derrick henry's house really uh i'm not even sure what they call it anymore uh, nrg stadium it I mean, was the nrg it, it was that yeah houston houston um henry absolutely loves it there you've probably seen some incredible stats this week about his recent performances against the texans we'll reiterate now the last three games uh which happened over the course of three years by the way uh a third of these will have been back in 2019 doesn't make a whole lot of difference 673 rushing yards combined and seven touchdowns in the last three games. I'll just let, give that a moment to just kind of sink in. Um, that menace. The most recent of those was a 250-yard game. Um, it's absurd, really. It's absolutely absurd. I found a wonderful stat earlier on today. I, I looked at it and Henry's got over a 1,000 yards against the Texans, all told, through 10 games, which is madness in itself. Uh, I kind of went through the archives and found what is actually the record for a running back against a certain team. Um, And it's way higher due to longevity back in the day. But Walter Payton, the great Walter Payton, uh, holds the record. He has upwards of 2,400 yards against the Packers, which is pretty insane. Uh, But that happened over 24 games. Obviously, they played a lot more games back in the day. Incredibly The exact same average per game, 103.5 yards. That's what Walter Payton had for that record against the Packers. That's the pace that Henry's on against the Texans. He's not going to play 24 games against the Texans in his career, but it just showed the level of which he absolutely owned this franchise. He's going to score points. He's going to get yards. Titans minus two and a half is absolutely crazy. Would you not agree?
0: Yeah, I love it. And obviously you take Henry's dominance, but on the flip side, you look at the Houston Texans and how poor they are. This is the worst rushing defense in the league. We just saw Josh Jacobs go ridiculous against them. I mean, 20 rushes, 143 yards, three touchdowns. They concede conceding an average of 135 yards per game to the to the position, alongside well, nine touchdowns on the year. It's just a, a poor, poor team. Henry, he had a slow start to the season, but he's really ramped up now. Last three games, he's had 100, 100 yard games in every single game. He's looking like the player that we all know five touchdowns on the year 14 red zone carries five of them with goal to go well inside the five yard line it's all about the derrick henry show like you say they're going to run up the score it's going to be positive game script he gets more rushes more yards more touchdowns i'm tipping derrick henry to get a brace to be honest it's hard to find value with henry he's to have over 100 rushing yards he's like less than evens for that which i mean you can understand we've we've yeah laid out all these stats and there's a reason
1: for it he's yeah. that great,
0: exactly but i love the brace at 11 to 4 which i think is good value it's a low price for a brace but it's just the player he is we talk about how he owns this franchise and everything's swinging the titans way the momentum's with this franchise texans are on the way down it looks like it could be a fire sale in terms of trading players off of their team yeah give me this henry brace
1: yeah i completely agree will be an official tip but I mean seeing as we both talk about the exact same thing in the same game wouldn't hurt to kind of double those up either with the brace and of course Titans minus two and a half because I can't see the Texans keeping pace I really can't as you say I mean talked about Walter Payton Josh Jacobs looked like Walter Payton against that defense last week it was uh, pretty ludicrous what he was able to do exactly weird weird times man with,
0: with Houston Ross we're on to a quarterback change for your team, Matt Ryan out, and it's time for Sam Ellinger. Ellinger? Ellinger? Who knows? We'll find out on Sunday.
1: We'll find out on Sunday. I'm not even sure myself. I think it's Ellinger, but <laughs> we'll go with it. Um, Going nowhere near the result in this game. Of course, the Colts are favoured, which is interesting to say the very least. Yeah, Colts are minus three against the Commanders. Uh, The first time we've been in the nine o'clock window, what, it's the eight o'clock window uh, this week, in fact, due to time difference. But... uh. Yeah, it's the first time we've been in that slot, the evening slot um, this season and I mean oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's is, it is Taylor Heineke versus San Ellinger is what it is, uh, pretty remarkable but yeah for the context, of course Matt Ryan played these first seven weeks, just looked a shadow of himself, uh, if we're being brutally honest just making poor throws, poor decisions um, and more to the point, because the offensive line has been the real issue, uh, Matt Ryan's offset all the attention this week but The fact of the matter is, the Colts cannot put the same five guys out every week uh, to perform consistently, despite the fact there's an awful lot of money tied in to that offensive line. It's been really, really poor. Matt Ryan's been a sitting duck, really. He's been sacked 24 times. He had 11 fumbles on the year. He's pretty much on pace with Justin Fields in both of those categories. He's been hammered all year for the Bears. There's almost an element of this, because he does have a shoulder separation as well, um, but it's not the ultimate reason why he's been benched. There's almost a self-preservation angle to this where Matt Ryan is 37-38. He's getting towards the back end of his career. He's probably sacrificed quite a bit to come to the Colts this season. He is, as a sitting duck, he's going to get hammered. He's going to pick up more injuries. It's as simple as that. Um, so they've made the call. The injury kind of given him the perfect foil to do it. Sam Ellinger comes in and it gives a little bit of a value play, I think, in this game. It's not one you're going to go heavy on by any means, but you can get 4-1 to one for a Sam Ellinger touchdown, which... For those without any context, you'll think, what? Why on earth would you why on earth would you tip that? Because you don't really know what Simon is. Um What he is is probably the perfect the perfect option right now because of how bad the offensive line's playing. Because what he is is, 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 a, is a limited quarterback in terms of his arm, but he can get outside the pocket. He is pretty nimble in terms of getting out of the pocket. He's only Good six. Scrambler. Four- Good scramble. He's six one, Matt Ryan six five. It's it, he's a bit, it's a bit short. He's more in the kind of Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson kind of build, um, and he scored thirty three touchdowns in college for the Texas Longhorns, which a lot of people are not aware of. He had, had over five hundred carries in college. Um, the stats are pretty damning for the Colts offensive line. Thirty three percent of the time that a quarterback is dropping back, he's feeling pressure. Literally a third of dropbacks. It's, I think it's 33.6. How's um, so that yeah, happened? The Colts' offensive line was famed as one of the best in the league. A complete, a complete drop-off. It really is. I mean, I've talked about the trade deadline. Maybe we see some moves. I don't know. Um, but yeah, literally a third of his dropbacks, he's feeling pressure. In his first NFL start at home, he's had criticism about the strength of his arm anyway. So I don't think Sam Ellinger's is going to use his arm to get out of those situations. He's going to go to the outside. He's going to try and run. Uh, he scored one in preseason. He broke one off, a nice 20-30 yarder. We're going to ride Jonathan Taylor in this game, so I think we will have opportunities because the Commanders are not a great team in themselves. I think there will be situations where Ellinger's in the red zone or nearby. He's going to feel this pressure. He's going to switch it to the outside, and he's got the movement to potentially get in the end zone. It's as simple as that. And I think at 4-1, to one, it is a bit of a value play. I think it's a small-state job, don't get me wrong, but not one I usually tip. It's a little bit of a... Little bit of a departure from what I'd usually tip on this podcast, but I I I like it. I like it.
0: I'm excited to see how this goes. I'll definitely be watching it. I think like if he's getting those carries in play, it's hundred percent one to watch the market in play. Like yes, hundred percent. If he's scrambling the ball well, I think that price will probably rise as soon as kickoff starts. To be honest, and yeah, I like I like that a lot. If he does. Look to be the player. I think for me, it's such an unknown. I don't know anything about him, and we'll see. Apparently, he had a good preseason. So he did. He, he had a very good preseason. This. Yeah.
1: My gut I'm would like, be Stoker.
0: I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see how he looks.
1: Yeah, my gut would be this will be the only time this season he's fourth one score a touchdown. That's all i say. Yeah, I agree with that. So while the iron's hot, I would say uh, okay. Next game, where we headed?
0: We're going to Detroit. We're doing Raheem i and back in. Over his Russian line, 66 and a half. Pair it with a touchdown, you get that two to one. I mean, this Detroit Lions defense is garbage. It's (laughs) the points they're conceding. I mean, if they had like a bad defense, I would say their record would be much closer than it is. Their defense is the worst ever that I've seen, to be honest. Yeah. 32.3 points per game they're conceding. And Flip that to their rush defense. I've worked this out on a per game basis. They're giving up two just running backs, 1.6 touchdowns per game, alongside 129 rushing yards per game. I mean, Raheem is just looking at his legs at this matchup. Over the last four weeks, he's reasserted himself as Miami's bell cow. He is that number one. He had a weird start to the season with Chase Edmonds coming in competing for that role. And you might look and question his production over that start of the season where he was fighting for the opportunity they faced four of the top 10 rushing defenses in the NFL throughout their first five games. So the opportunity he's got now against the lions. I love it over his last four games. He's had 15 He's averaging 15 carries a game and 75 rushing yards. His speed is just so electric. I've obviously got an affinity with him from his Niners days, but it's not influencing his pick at all. (laughs) He's just that man. He looks a perfect fit in this Miami offense, which is just speed, speed, speed. you got, Waddle Hill H- Waddle Hill and Moster all just moving the chains up mad. And yeah, I don't really get this. Is another game where I don't really get the handicap. It's I think minus three.
1: Yeah. It's
0: minus strange. three and a half to the Dolphins. Ten they just look awful, the Lions. Like at the start of the season, it was they've got fun offense and they look like a frisky team. Now it's just they can't get anything going at all. DeAndre Swift should be back, so that might help benefit them there. But this is a game where I can see Miami. Dominating the ball, asserting a pretty healthy lead, and that's just going to lead to more rushes, positive game scripts, more opportunity for Mostert to stack up those yards and ultimately get a touchdown. I think I'll just finally preface this by saying he did log a limited practice on Thursday. He has been dealing with a knee injury over these past couple of weeks, which hasn't hindered him at all. I think this likely scenario is, is just a, a maintenance that he's having a limited practice, basically, just to yeah. try and give him a bit of leeway. But do check his game stage before Sunday just to make sure. But I really like most of it. I think there's real value in the touchdown too.
1: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I agree in the handicap as well. It was probably my de facto like unofficial fifth pick this week. If I'm honest, like I kind of narrowed it down to these four, but that would have been the one. Um, and yeah, most I, I think they win this game quite comfortably. I think most up be involved quite quite heavily as you say. And I think if they take a lead in this game, which you'd expect them to, because the Lions' defense, because of all the noise as well recently, you, you don't want to put the ball into his hands more than you have to. Really, you might as yeah, well run the ball while you, you might as well run the ball while you can. You don't want to put Tua Tonga Vailoa in harm's way any more than you want to. It's as simple as that, isn't it?
0: Exactly. Right. Next pick for you, Ross. We are saying Seahawks to hit that over once again.
1: Yeah, final pick of the week, and I'm going back to the well on the Seattle Seahawks and the over because I just love watching this offense, frankly. It's very, very fun. Uh, I wrote in my best bets article this week, and you can find both our articles at sportinglife.com. Do check that good out. Good plug, good so, plug. Our context. Hey, but we're here for it. <laughs> what we're here for. Um, yeah, I did write this week that you couldn't really pay NFL fans at the start of the season to watch this game. I wouldn't have thought it's not exactly blockbuster. Um, but eight weeks later, this is, this is probably game of the week. This is probably game of the week. The Seahawks and the Giants. Yeah, I'd based agree with on that. previous performances, and everyone's just kind of watching the Giants, waiting to see when that loss will come, I guess. Um, yeah, the line's 44 and a half. Um, I, I, I think I'd I like the over, I'd like the over in this one. It would be only the second time in this season that the Giants have hit that number. Uh, they only hit once against the Packers, I believe. I think they hit about the, around the 50 mark. Um, so it's a little bit of a departure from where they've been at, but this is a good matchup because the Seattle Seahawks, much like the Lions in a sense, do not have a good defense at all. There's a reason why the offense is so explosive, it's because they can't defend for their lives, essentially. They're very, very bad defensively, particularly against the run as well. They're not good against the run. I think they're fourth, uh, fourth worst in the NFL. Naturally, that's a very good matchup uh, for Saquon Both Barkley. Both of these teams are
0: dreadful in run defense, and you're looking at Saquon Barkley, Ken Walker. It's yes. going to be great to watch these two running backs go off.
1: Could be open season, couldn't it? Could be absolutely open season for these guys. Kenneth Walker, Ken, you mentioned him, 167 yards, two touchdowns last week. I feel like I have to touch wood every time I talk about a Seattle running back because they just have an aversion to keeping them fit. They can't do it. They can't keep these guys healthy. Hopefully Kenneth Walker is the guy. He looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's a good matchup for the Giants. I think they can hit it. As was Seattle, four out of the last five games, they've hit 45 quite comfortably. Um, scoring points isn't a problem for this team. Fifth-ranked offense. Geno Smith still ranked fourth uh, in terms of PFF greater quarterbacks. We're talking higher than Jalen Hurts, higher than Joe Burrow. Having an incredible man. year, incredible year. DK Metcalf might be out. I will. You had a preface for. He Mostert. I will mention that for DK Metcalf, but he did also miss a lot of last week's game, in which they scored thirty-seven points, and he just started making plays.
0: So right, out, you got Marquise Goodwin exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Will Diesley, mark Marquise Goodwin, kind of just making diamonds from rocks as Geno Smith. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. So I'm not worried about Seattle getting the points. I think it's a good matchup for the Giants. And just as a final nod, PFF actually have this line at about 46, rather they reckon 44.5 is a little low. So I like it. Let's hope it's it's as fun a game as we suspect it might be. I love it. So that's all we've got time for on week eight of the Extra Point podcast. Thank you very, very much for listening once again. We hope you had some winners last week. Hope you got involved and yeah all the best if you're getting involved this week as well let's have some more and uh, enjoy Wembley if you're going yourself Matt and anyone else who's listening uh, final opportunity of 2022 Um, so I hope the game delivers Broncos country let's ride (laughs) I can't leave the podcast there see you later guys